Welcome to the Hammer and Quill, a Bonhoeffer House podcast exploring the good, true, and beautiful in the lives and vocations of interesting people. This is episode 13, a conversation with Trillia Newbell. Welcome to the Hammer and Quill. Now, we usually start our time with a little friendly banter back and forth. You know, last week, I shared the story of how I... Um, <laughs> I ran into a bird feeder. Yes. Uh, actually you can, we're on zoom right now. Trilly is joining us via zoom. And, um, if you look closely, which I don't actually don't do it, don't look closely, <laughs> but you can, you can still see it's, it's, it's remarkable that it's still there. And my wife reminds me, she's like, Hey, your forehead's still messed up. Yeah. As she should. No, <laughs> no, no. Michael, how's Floyd? Uh, rainy. Yeah. It's very As- rainy up here. That's What's weird. it like in uh in where you are, Trillia? <laughs> That's amazing. You're like, what, what? I don't Tennessee, know. Tennessee, Tennessee. In the Nashville area, yeah. it is sunny and Ooh. hot. Oh. We're gonna reach 90s um later today, and it's Ooh. a little bit humid. Mm. You know, I think that I... was a full forecast. <laughs> <laughs> you've got you've <laughs> back to you, Jesse. I <laughs> know. <laughs> That was wonderful. Wonderful. Now, uh, you know, before we get in, we're going to dive in here pretty quickly because uh, our listeners, you guys don't really care that much about how Floyd is or or Radford is. You really (laughs) want to know uh, really about Trillia and her life and her vocation, which is what we want to know about too. But before we dive in there, uh, let's do a quick update. So Trillia, we, we maybe a few episodes ago, we did a bonus episode where we invited our listeners and folks uh, to join us with a summer reading project. We're reading through uh, half. Volume one. Volume one of two, uh, half of Calvin's Institutes this summer. So one of the things we do with the Bonhoeffer House is we do a, uh, we try to pick up a classic work, either of theology or fiction. Uh, and we, 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 within the Bonhoeffer House, within our kind of model of life together, we will read together, we'll have lunches and discuss what we're reading together. And so this summer we chose uh, Calvin's Institutes, but it's, it's too big for us. So we only did half. <laughs> and so, uh, so we're a few, we're maybe in the third week, Michael, you give, give us a little update on uh, your reading so far in Calvin. Yeah. So I, I think this week is going through chapter six. And so uh, in, uh, in chapter five, I guess it's paragraph 15, um, just, just to jump off of our, our interview last week with Dr. McDermott, who, we, you know, we were talking about types, we were talking about seeing the glory and beauty of God in creation. And, um, Calvin in this paragraph talks about how, uh, we are without excuse when it comes to seeing and, and, and knowing God, uh, at least to some extent. And, and I just found this fascinating that he said, we're, we're not allowed to pretend ignorance when it comes to God, because, uh, our conscience, our conscience itself is always convicting us both of baseness and ingratitude. Um, and then he, and then he says, as if, as if this defense may be properly admitted for a man to pretend that he lacks ears to hear the truth when there are mute creatures with more than melodious voices to declare it, or for a man to claim that he cannot see with his eyes, what eyeless creatures point out to him, or for him to plead feebleness of mind when even irrational creatures give instruction. And so just after our interview with Dr. McDermott last week, talking about uh, types and, and seeing God in, uh, in creation, uh, that, that sentiment stuck with me as I read it. So Yeah, that's good. As a matter of fact, there in the, in the beginning, the first few chapters of Calvin, he, he, um, he sets up his kind of framework for his, his version of natural theology, which is that, the world uh, does it, the world shows us God as creator, uh, but we can't know God as redeemer uh, without the without the scriptures, without yeah, the, the direct. That's right, without Christ. Now, the interesting thing was Jerry, Doctor McDermott, last week was pressing on that and saying what what Jonathan Edwards would say and what, what apparently what Doctor McDermott does say uh-huh. in Everyday Glory is no, there there are signs and types of redemption, even uh, even in something as simple as. Uh, the the um, the seed, the dying of a seed in the ground that then brings forth life. So excellent, Michael. Now, uh, li- if you're listening at home, you're, if you have been joining us, uh, we are posting every week, I think. Uh, well, so far, only I've posted something, Michael. That's right. But you're posting something this week I'm in up, the House I'm Journal. I'm up to bat. You're up to bat. So you can go to the House Journal 
uh, on the Bonhoeffer House website and find some kind of typed reflections of our reading. Now, let's jump in here with Trillia. You know, what this podcast is about here, the hammer and quill, is the good, the true, and the beautiful. Specifically, we want to look... Uh, we want to look at the lo- at the lives and vocations of of interesting people of our guests through this kind of lens of Philippians four eight. Uh, finally, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, uh, part of why we started this podcast this year is that there's so much going around right now in our modern kind of cultural moment that is um, not good, true, beautiful, not not honorable and just that is that can that can be malformative rather than uh, conforming us to the image of God we want to stop and look and just kind of pay attention to uh, well today we want to pay attention to Trillia and so we, we want to have friends of the Bonhoeffer house on Trillia is a new friend our friend Hannah Anderson actually who's next week's next week's guest awesome by the way our friend and neighbor here in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains uh, she introduced Trillia and to me, and we're we've invited Trillia to come speak at our uh, Bonhoeffer House Virtue Conference, which postponed is postponed. It was going to be in October, <laughs> but we're we're pressing for a spring date now because thanks coronavirus. Uh, so and so we've we've admired Trillia's courageous and faithful voice in her writing and speaking, and are excited to learn about her life, her calling, and her practices. Trillia. Welcome. Please introduce yourself. And here's how we do things here. We ask the question, what would be on the back of your baseball card? Does that mean anything to you? (laughs) Yeah, no, it doesn't. (laughs) I'm not big on baseball. So I I have enjoyed it. It's interesting. I have visited some of probably the biggest stadiums. I've been at at a Cubs in a... Mm. The opposite of Cubs game. Who are they? (laughs) White Sox. Yes, thank you. (laughs) In the Cubs stadium, and we we went to the New York. Oh, this is great! Yankee, one of those, (laughs) one of the New York, the New York sports team, baseball team, yeah, Yankees or baseball teams. We went to a game there, so I, I am. It's hilarious, but before we do that, can I read Romans one twenty? Oh, yeah. she's jumping in on yeah. the Calvin. Uh, well, I love sorry. it. Yeah, I, come I on. Like, Why am I not included in this conversation? Come on, Trillia. <laughs> Bring it. Yeah. Come on. Please do. <laughs> but it it did um as the you were talking about Calvin and his um yeah, for here's Romans 1:20. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. Mm in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Mm. And one of the things that I like, I, it's it's not original to me, as I have a, I have a struggle calling anyone an atheist mm. because the Lord has revealed himself in so many different ways in nature and creation. And, um, and so I just wanted to jump in on that conversation. Oh, come on. I love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Thank you for jumping in. That's Romans one twenty. Great passage there. Okay. So this is what we mean by what would be on the well, back of your baseball. What's, oh, what's your, what's your sport? Do you have a sport? Track and field. Track and mm. field. I know that because there, of sacred endurance. Are, are there cards? They don't, they don't really, I don't think they have trading <laughs> cards. No, sorry. So I, I, the only thing that would be on the back, I'm five to a hundred and something. That's the only thing I can uh, think of. So. Okay, no. So what we want are, are are what what should our listeners know about you? Just just t- talk. You're you vital. know, when we think about baseball cards, you know, we, we I we, I grew up trading them, collecting basketball them. cards for me. For you, basketball cards, and so you know, typically they do have that kind of stuff, like you know, their size, but also yeah. uh, what the last season of their life has been like. What you know, so so tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay. Um, I am a African-American woman uh, who lives in Tennessee. I was not born in Tennessee, but raised in Tennessee. I have a husband and um, of 17 years in December. Wow. And two, yes. And two children, um, ages almost 14 and almost 11. Um, I love Jesus. I love writing. I don't know what else to say, that's a, but that's a, I am fantastic. sure this conversation will lead to more discussions. <laughs> that was a fantastic back of the baseball card. Yeah. <laughs> your, your, uh, your 14 and 11 year old, uh, boys, girls. Yeah. So my 14 is a boy 
and my 11 almost is a girl. So I have a boy and a girl. Awesome. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, my wife, Jenny and I, we just celebrated 17 years in March. And so married about, about the same time, That's 17 amazing. years in, in March. So you were, you were under lockdown. Yes. We celebrated by not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but one day in like a year, we'll actually do some, when it's 18 years, we'll celebrate. You'll double celebrate. Oh man. So Trillia, we're all about exploring how God is honored in the variety and kind of a variety of, of not vacations. You got me thinking about vacation now, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) It's never going to happen. Vocations. Vocations. Be honored in a variety of vacations too. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. That's right. He's going to be honored in our trip to the beach later this year, I hope. Uh, no, vocations, which is from Latin for calling. So the, the idea that he has multiple different callings for God's people. Uh, tell us a little bit about your vocation. I love your, I love Jesus and I love to write. I love hearing that. I think that's amazing. Tell us a little bit about that uh, vocation of writing. Okay. So I, I was a freelance journalist, so I wrote for a paper and I love doing that as well. I I enjoy feature stories and finding out more about other people and featuring that in their their life um, or activity or event, whatever it is. And, um, but eventually I, I wanted to write from my Christian perspective. So I asked my secular quote unquote newspaper if I could (laughs) write a column and my first um, column was about submission, which is hilarious. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's what, that's what I wrote about. Jumping but into then, the deep end. What is that? Jumping straight into the deep end. That is actually how I roll. If you, <laughs> <laughs> I don't go very, I'm not very shallow. I just go straight to the deep end. <laughs> and, um, and it was, I just loved it. And from there I started a blog and, and I, have been writing ever since from my Christian perspective, I was writing before, but from a Christian perspective, um, ever since. And, and so I've written a number of books, Bible studies, children's books, book and, um, articles, essays, you name it. I, and I just love it. I love that. And I actually had no idea that you got your start with, uh, journalism like that had no clue. Yeah. Um, you, now recently you've made a bit of a, a bit of a move, uh, at least from what I can tell, um, career wise, or maybe just with what you're doing, uh, you know, with your nine to five, tell us a little bit about, uh, now you work for Moody publishers now, but I don't know what you do. So tell us what you do oh, at Moody. Okay. I am what's called an acquisitions editor. So I, I told someone as I was describing this to someone and I said, I look for evidence of grace and potential all day long. Ah. So that's what I do. I search out um, or read proposals that come to me or search for people who can write books. Ooh. And yes. And then I, I um, nurture them through the process, help them through the process. And um, it's just a joy. I absolutely love it. And it's a natural progression from what I was doing. I, I have a desire to disciple, but I can't obviously write about everything. (laughs) I can write about a lot, but not about everything. And so I realized that I kept um, finding people who could write and I would connect them with an agent or I would connect them with publishers and I was doing the work anyways. (laughs) And, (laughs) And so it dawned on me, ah, I want to be an acquisitions editor. That's what I want to do. And um, the Lord was just gracious to open that door at Moody Publishers, which published my first two books and my Bible study and a couple of Bible studies coming. And so I am, uh, it was a very natural next step. And the Lord has been so kind. It's so much But of course, there's moments of anxiety and fear and all the things Mm. that come with any vocation and any ministry that takes faith. But it's so I love it so much. I love listening to that. I love I love hearing the way that that. uh, So I actually did know that your position was acquisitions editor, but I didn't know what that meant. (laughs) I was just going to let you just go with it. Um, uh, but, But I love the way that that just hearing your passion for, uh, for connecting people, for mentoring, for the Lord, and for writing, all work into this one kind of tailor-made 
position is really uh, helpful for me. Yeah, and even the way you see what you do as I'm I'm searching out the grace of God in yeah. in people and in the potential in people. So that's that's exciting. Why don't you make a book pitch to her? You're, you're... <laughs> so, 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 no. so, Michael, is this, is this why I'm on? I see. We're not actually <laughs> recording at all. This is just a just a, just just to get Michael's book pitch on the table. Yeah. No, uh, but do you get that all the time now? Do, do you do you are, do you grow tired of people making their book pitches at you or to you? Well, no. I mean, it's only been four weeks. So, oh, <laughs> okay. Just wait, no, Michael. You, Michael's going to start sending you emails. <laughs> Okay, I've got another one. <laughs> Picture no, this. No, I actually, I, I think, man, I'm so grateful. I was a, and no one knew me when I signed my first contract. Mm. Someone gave me a chance, mm. and and so I, I would, I want to be that for whoever the Lord desires. Of course, there's, we can't publish everyone. Yeah. I have had to say no already, and it's excruciating because you just <laughs> so i'm like leave in faith you know i want people to have faith yeah. um but that that is the reality the rea- reality is 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 that i hope that even in the moments when i have to reject they they know they they leave knowing okay these are the next steps i can take to grow mm. In my ministry, that doesn't mean it's over. It just means okay, this is where, or it just means Moody isn't the best fit. So, so I have, um, so I, I don't, I can't imagine that I will grow weary or tired as long as people understand the reality of of ministry and publishing is mm. that obviously we can't publish every single book, yeah. but I, I love it. So, Michael, bring it. <laughs> <laughs> How much? Um- how much of of your job is is reading those those proposals uh i it's not all of it because there's a lot but it's a whole lot of it so yeah. um like are you reading for a, like significant amounts of every day yeah but that's almost not anything new okay for me <laughs> yeah. i mean for yeah, me yeah. it's not but so but the answer i i do read quite a bit now there, yeah, yeah. So I, the people, when you submit a proposal, not to give a lesson on how to write a proposal, but well, Mike, you're not Michael submitting an entire book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we can give a lesson later, but <laughs> you don't su- submit an entire book. So I'm reading synopsis. Yeah. Mm. I'm not reading um, and 200 pages. I might right. be reading 10. I right. submitted a book proposal once. You did? I did. I, did, I don't think I knew this. Yeah, yeah. It, it 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 didn't go anywhere. <laughs> oh. <laughs> did, I can just hear it in your little your you voice. Leave, <laughs> did you leave in faith? Um, I you know what? I wish that I had. Tr- I wish I had submitted it to Trillia. Yeah, <laughs> because because the rejection would have at least felt like like hopeful and yeah. joyful. And, uh, no, I, I I yeah, you didn't know about it because it it's a deep dark yeah, part of my just, life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we will pray after this about this as well. Okay, so uh, so t- talk to us a little bit about one of the things we're always curious about with our with our guests is uh, the the practices that you use to discern God's call in your life. So how you know um, how how much did your skill and talent matter? How much did other people's yeah friendships kind of, uh, friendships or even you know someone mentoring you saying oh you're really good? How how do those things work together? for you with this uh, call to writing. Okay. Have you ever read Kevin DeYoung's Just Do Something? Yes. I kind of am in the lane. I am not very slow or I got to mull over things for 10 years before I make a decision. I'm kind of a go for it gal. So for me, a lot of, a lot of what's happened is I'm like, oh, I think I want to do this. Okay, I'm going to try it. <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. And, I, and it's worked out. So I, I do, I, I, I have. That's what I've done. That's how I've operated. I'll run it by my husband, obviously. And there have been other times where I've needed to run something by my pastor even. Okay, do you think this is a wise move? What do you think about this? Um, but typically, I, I'm praying about it. I, I I will know, okay, 
I'm not quite gifted for that. So I can say no to stuff pretty easily if I know it's completely out of my wheelhouse. But the Lord has just continued to lead me and open doors. I haven't actually pursued a lot of the things that I do. I, I didn't pursue. Mm. Um, and this is, I, I want to be real careful with this because I also realize there are people who their whole lives they've been pursuing things and have not received what they are pursuing. And so, and so I realize that it is a um, privilege in a lot of ways that it is a, a, a gift, but I do think I've been faithful in where God's called me and other people have noticed. And then they've asked me to do something else. Mm. And then I'm faithful in that, whatever God's called me there. And then I'm asked to do mm. something else. So I, I think there has been something to just the faithful prodding along yeah. um, and then just trusting God with those things that excite me or that, that are, I, I naturally feel, to, uh, feel called towards, mm. but that, yeah, I, I just have not, it's yeah, it's really interesting, but I'm not someone who drags their feet. Yeah. I kind of I think, oh, this is okay. if do either of you prescribe to or have read the Enneagram? Ooh. We know the Enneagram. We know what it is. <laughs> I, I've been okay. told what I am. You've you've never taken the test. What is there an official test? Oh, I, I, I thought I thought the test. <laughs> you I don't thought, know the Enneagram. <laughs> I thought you just make it up and then. Or, I'm so sorry. Keep going. So I do. Yes. I am familiar with the Enneagram. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's the best. That's the best. Um, you sound like my husband. He's like. Ugh. <laughs> um, he that is like how that. I sound about it usually. But keep going. Yeah. 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 He's he's not really a big fan. I am. I actually don't care about personal personality yeah. tests. Um, but I have found this one to kind of uh, be true of my general nature, mm -hmm. not necessarily, you know, we've got the spirit. Yeah. Thank yeah. God that we are made in his image we, to reflect him, but um, in our character, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm a seven, if you know what that means, uh -huh. with a wing six. And, and as I've looked over my life and I've read more about what that is, I'm like, oh, <laughs> That makes sense. Mm. And, and so, and so it just does make sense for your listeners. They will be like, Oh yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yes. I'm sure. Yeah. Adventurous kind of go getter. Yeah. So what's yep. a, So I don't know what a seven is. <laughs> I don't know. the. It's an enthusiast. Enthusiast. <laughs> Got it. Yes. Yeah. Like I don't know enthusiast, the titles, but um, some, some people characterize sevens as yeah. Go get, go getter, but yeah. not, not aggressively so, or not with like the 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 three, which never mind. But yeah, it, but the, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the achieving, achieving efficient. Never mind. You'll never understand yeah, yeah. this. <laughs> I'm not like not like trying to achieve, and and so they also can be characterized with being easily bored. I'm not easily bored. I think because I have that, I that wing six. I can be fearful. Mm. Yeah, which which is interesting when you're thinking about calling. Yeah. So when I talk about how I will do things and just do it and go, I often do it trembling. Yeah. Every time I even I can't even post a tweet without prayer. Like Lord, <laughs> not. I can't no, even I'm read Twitter without prayer. Yeah. I know. Well, I, I, I right. agree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> That's really helpful. Even just so, in some ways, I think that connects a bit with the book Sacred Endurance, your most recent book, uh, the, the idea of uh, pushing through even while trembling, the, mm -hmm. um, you know, that the, the, there's this kind of, uh, uh, it's really helpful to hear you say that because I think um, it could, it could easily look like you, well, Trillia just, she just, she just goes for it. But to know that you're going for it even while trembling is yeah. helpful. Um, oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Go ahead. Absolutely. Um, my husband is asked a hundred thousand questions before I post they, I'm like, and I have to, and before I, if writing a book, oh my goodness, is that scary? Mm. And, and, and trusting all those words and knowing you're going to give an account for them. Yeah. I'm going to give an account for all that stuff. I is, I have to, I have to be prayerful and 
trust the Lord and trust that I don't harm anyone with my many words. I have many, many words. <laughs> and so, you know, and so I, there is an absolute healthy fear of the Lord. Yeah. There can also be an unhealthy fear of man. Yeah. There can also be just an unhealthy anxiety. Yeah. So I have all of it. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yep. I have all of it. Yep. So yep. I have to trust the Lord. And, and yeah. I, I wonder if I wonder if the idea of the 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 just do something or the the God's God God steers moving what what is it God's yeah steers moving ships or yeah, boats or cars or something them. yep um uh I, I wonder if that's helpful even even for the person who might be struggling with the with fear or anxiety to just say well uh, I need to at least step out I need to I need to try something do something yeah or to use the you know the the discernment metaphor like you have to try something in order to develop your palate uh and in order to be able to discern between good and and better or or good and bad so um yeah and i would i would also just add thank god for his attributes so i rest in that he is a sovereign and good god Mm. and so the sovereignty of god allows me to step out in faith Mm. because he knows and so i can he knows I can entrust him with the results. I can, in, I can trust him with, with um, where I'll be going next. I can, that, that to me, and I've seen his sovereignty played out um, in my life in unique ways, experiencing miscarriages. I've had mm. four miscarriages mm-hmm. and knowing, okay, God, you, you know the, the hymn, God moves in a mysterious way. Your your ways are mysterious to me. I don't fully understand where, where we're going, talking about endurance, <laughs> but I'm gonna intru- I'm gonna trust you because I know you're good. Mm. And so, and he he has been very kind in giving me the two children that I do have. Yeah. And so, and so those I think just reminding myself of who who God is helps me also step out in faith. And so it he leads yeah. me and I can trust him. Yeah. That, that like, even, even if you make a misstep, God, God will help you to course correct. And, and not only that, but he will, he will even use the misstep. So you don't, you know, you don't have to worry about getting, getting, you know, too far off track. And, and even if you do, he's going to work through you getting off track. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if if God works th- all things together for the good of those who love Him, yeah, then we can trust Him even in the misstep. He, mm. He's working all things together for the good of those who love Him. So, so whatever, and and to me, and this is where I may have a pretty narrow view of I don't know, but to me, I just think our only real missteps are sin, yeah. right? Like that's the only real, everything else we're just trying to obey and figure it out. And, you know, oh, this job didn't work out. Doesn't mean that it was a misstep. It may have meant, okay, God was teaching me something during that time. And it was um, that decision to invest in that wasn't the best. Now I know I'm not going to throw my, so, so anyways, so so I, I just believe so strongly that God is in his goodness is leading us. Yeah. And so it, it, it kind of helps me. Yeah. Trillia, do you have, do you have like any maybe questions that you ask as you're, you know, looking at something and, and considering whether you should try it or whether you should jump into it? Do you have any, anything and yeah, questions or, 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 or people that you go to, to to help you figure out if you should jump in. Yeah. So typically the first in person I'll go to um, is my husband because, so my first question is, will this serve my family? Mm. I'm, I'm not living on an Island by myself here. I have to consider my entire family when I do anything. So, yeah. So it, is this going to serve my husband and my children? Um, is this going to be, detrimental and if so then i need to say no mm. so that's 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 a real helpful uh 
guardrail (laughs) for me is just ask them. Um, And I do include my kids, which is fun. Um, And then beyond that, I will, I I feel pretty um, called to my local church in regards to um, counsel, getting counsel. So I'll, I might talk to my pastor about, about it. I, I talked to him about Moody. Um, and so, so those are those, those are some things that, but beyond that, I, there's a couple of friends who I would bounce things off of for sure. But I think my husband first pastor and, and then are there questions, other questions? I, will I, I, I know that (laughs) this is not a question I have a luxury in being able to ask, will I enjoy this? Mm-hmm. And I recognize that. But that is a question that I'm yeah. going to ask. Is this something that's going to be a delight in any, will I enjoy this? Or am I going, going to hate it? If I, I mean, and, but I do realize that this is, a, that's a question that comes with a privilege yeah. and, and a luxury to be able to make yeah. those, this, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think for this season also, um, does it make sense for where I think, even though I don't know the future may be where the Lord may be leading me. Mm. So Moody was a clear, it made sense for where I thought, okay, this may be where the Lord is leading me, but, but I, I don't always know that I'm just, so, so those are some questions. That's really helpful. Yeah. I, you know, I already asked the question of, will I enjoy this every time I eat anything? That's right. So (laughs) it it might be worth thinking about that outside of just my meals. You know, uh, I, I recently re re reread sacred endurance, um, in part because, uh, this season of life, well, for, for my family personally, it's been a challenging season. There's been some, uh, physical, uh, you know, we've got, we're dealing ailments. with it, it, just ailments. Okay. Um, and then, uh, and then of course, just with, uh, you know, this, the 2020 is just, it's, it's been, it's been a, it's been a year. year of endurance. It's been a year. Or and so it's been a year of endurance. Hey, so, so your newest book, sacred endurance, I think it, it really has a lot to offer for this season of life. Um, so I, I'm going to read through the contents and just ask you to comment on, uh, how, how that book could help us in this, in 2020, which is, a season that requires quite a bit, yeah. quite a bit of endurance. So let me read through the table of contents. So, cause I, I find that even just the table of contents is a, is a, is an, is an alluring, uh, view about what this book is. So, uh, chapter one called to a race chapter two, Jesus and the cloud of witnesses, three, the right motivations Four: the real Christian life, five, enduring in the mind, six, enduring in society and the world, Seven, the heart needed, the strength supplied. Eight, taking steps in practical disciplines. Nine, broken and contrite. Ten, don't go it alone. Eleven, falling and getting up. Mm. And twelve, looking to the prize. So how, how, might, how might this book uh, help Christians persevere in this challenging season? Um, first of all, thanks for highlighting it because that's really <laughs> helpful. Um, there are several different... I, I, uh, chapters that I think would really encourage someone, for example, the real Christian life, life is hard. And it is, we, I think we all know that, but there is a temptation, I think, in, in some, some, for some people and in some contexts to, um, to, to put on a, to put on a happy face or mm. to, to put on a facade of, mm-hmm. of joy Rather than having real joy, we're we're sorrowful yet always rejoicing, yeah. mm. and there's a lot to be sorrowful for. There's a lot to mourn in this season, mm. and and so I do think understanding the that there's sorrows, there's sadness. I also think enduring in the mind. Right now, um, there we can be jaded, and oof, there's yeah. a lot of cynicism. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot that we need to endure and, and challenge our minds uh, to think things like this podcast is actually focused on things that are lovely and pure and true. And 
that's what we that's we need that yeah. because right now there are there's a lot of things that aren't mm. um and and so and so and then we want to finish our race well i i do think there's going to be some casualties at the end of this season of political unrest racial unrest um and covid-19 there mm. will be some casualties of faith and so we will want we want, we need to endure in these trials and finish our race and and um and so i hope that those who listen um to this and pick up the book will be encouraged to 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 know that jesus is with them yeah. he he's with them in this race um he hasn't left them um and he goes before us and so and so he endured the cross and so that's my hope is that um, that people will be fix their eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and run the race of endurance set before us, mm. um, resting in him, and that this book can help them along the way. Amen. You know, uh, one of the things that I want, I want to recommend the book, uh, I thought, Trillia, your voice, the, 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 your writing voice is so engaging and, and inviting. Uh, so, so you should pick it up, Michael. Especially I, if you're going to write, a, if you're going to write your own book proposal <laughs> that she's going to like, you're going to need to pick up some some tips Certainly. and tricks from her. Uh, and one of the things that I found so helpful in, in in drawing me in was right in the beginning. I think it's the first chapter. Um, you describe this is why I already knew it was track and field for her. She describes being the 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 um, the fourth leg, right? The final leg yep. in the in the in the relay. I don't oh. remember. Is it a four by one hundred or four? I can't remember. It's just a four four by four. This one was a four by four. That's right. Yeah, I, was, I did four by four, four by two, all of those, four by one. Yeah. And, uh, and she describes uh, how she ran faster than she'd ever run, right? Uh, all this excitement. This is the state final, isn't it? This is the state final. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But then coming around the third turn into the home stretch, legs just start. Nothing to, left. Yeah, nothing kick. left. But guts it out. And not just, not just because you're alone, but because you got – People cheering for Ooh, you and yeah, running yeah, alongside yeah. of you and chasing, and you see the goal right in front of you. And that being the kind of a, a framework for understanding the Christian life, and then also the book was really, it draws you in. And so I'm, I'm drawn in. And so, so <laughs> even right now, if you're listening and you've got, um, you got no, nothing left in the legs for the kick, yeah. it doesn't mean you give up. Yeah. Right. It, and, and so I just want to encourage picking that book up. Um, we're going to change gears just a little bit here and talk about uh, your calling. So you're a writer, but you're also a bit, you're a public person. You're, you know, you're a public thinker and leader. You, you speak uh, faithfully and courageously and wisely, but, and I, you've already answered this a little bit. I wanted to ask if you dealt with fear and then how you do that, because I know that on a smaller scale <laughs> as a pastor and someone with literally dozens of followers on social media, <laughs> Literally doesn't. I stop. I struggle with fear that I'll say the wrong thing, or yeah, I won't speak yep. up at the right time, yep. or I won't speak up in the the right way. Um, you know, and so so I I just would love to know. Oh, and you know, and I'm also fearful of. Um, I've I've uh, one of the spiritual disciplines that has been most important to me in my life is secrecy. Um, and so that's a challenge to think through. Now I'm thinking Matthew six when Jesus talks about to practice these things in secret. And so, uh, yeah, so, so, um, I thought you meant something else. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of just invent my own spiritual disciplines. Okay. Uh, no, Jesus, Matthew six, uh, yeah. not letting your, your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Not, you know, not, uh, sounding the trumpet when you go to give yep, and so yep. on. And so, um, and so I, anyway, so for, and I'm just, I'm not asking you to speak into that truly. I'm just saying for me, this just feels like, a like I, I struggle with fear, and on set, and I've just got it's such a small, such a small scale. So I, I how do you do it? Uh, how do you okay. navigate your calling on such a larger scale? You know, I love this question because so many people I think battle. How do I engage publicly and not self promote? Because that's really what you're trying to say. Yeah, I think that's what you're trying to say. Um, and how do I do it? in faith and not fear. So I think one of the first things I'm going to address is the, the platform thing. Um, I wasn't seeking a platform. Mm. This was kind of one of those things that I told you earlier that I'm just faithful to 
post an article that I believe will encourage the church. The church will decide whether or not to to share it or whether or not they like it. I'm just going to be faithful to what God has called me to. So it started out, I pretend in particular, started out writing. It was very local, Mm. just local and only local people were. And it's from that local context that slowly it started to become uh, bigger than local, beyond local. And then people from organizations were like, hey, would you write for my organization, the Mm -hmm. Gospel Coalition, for example? And I I was, oh, sure, (laughs) I'll write for your organization. And so, so, again, I'm, I'm being faithful in the little and, and it's almost like Jesus said something like that, like to be faithful in the world. (laughs) I feel he'll give you more. Yeah. seems like something he would have said. That's really helpful. And I I like what you're talking about with the, um, the proximity and the local nature of just being faithful to, uh, to do what God's called you to do and to do it with excellence and then let him be the one that's opening the doors. And Karen Swallow Pryor said more or less the exact same thing. That it was a slow growing. That's right. Started locally. Yeah. So it's just, it's interesting to hear. And it hasn't ended locally. I oh, right. am involved in my local church. I think that's very important. Yeah. I I participate in my local church. I lead a Bible study. I, my Bible study, I, I do go and speak on very large platforms. I'm not going to pretend like I don't and be falsely humble. It's true. I do. In my local church, I teach, there's like 12 women and I love it. Yeah. I love it every week. And so every, and so I want to be faithful locally because all this can go away, but we will always have the local church. Yeah. yeah amen. Mm. And, and so, and so I, I just want to say, <laughs> sorry for those. No, that's, good. that's good. Hit the, um, hit the applause. Oh, I, we have an applause here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't always know which button does which thing, though. So the applause is the one that I know. Good. So you, you get an they, applause for that. If if you're listening to us laughing and stuff, we're on Zoom, so I'm seeing them <laughs> fist bump, and that's all. That's why I started laughing. But um, but yeah. So so that's it. I I just mm. really do believe in the local context, and and the Lord will grow it. Now, if you do have a platform yeah. of any kind. I think that fear is um, not only natural, but there is, I think, a a good fear mm-hmm. that we should have because where words are many, I already talked about my many words, sin is not far behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that. And then also, um, we we it comes with a greater responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's not that I can hurt 12 people. I could hurt thousands of people. Mm. And so I want to be really, really wise with what I say. So I might be slower to speak. Sometimes I'm not. I make a mistake. I'm going to confess it publicly because Mm. I need to. So, so these are these things that, that come with the territory. I, (laughs) frankly, I I say this, I, I really don't, I hope that people don't aim for Big platforms because it's it can be hard yeah. also. Um, w- w- strange expectations you let everybody down, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and just these weird. So I I try to protect myself by being as committed to my local community as humanly possible, and just doing the normal things. Like we're very normal. I'm very normal. You can see, but but there's I think that's really important. Mm, I love that. Love it. Okay, so uh, uh, love the the commitment to, to to not just starting local, but staying local, staying connected with the local church. Yeah. Hey, we have a few, uh, just a couple questions that were submitted via social media. So we let some people know uh, we're going to have you on here, and they and they submitted a couple questions. So the last time we did this, by the way, people submitted questions, and then we never asked. We ran. Them. We ran. Out we of ran time. out of time. So <laughs> we're we're doing better. Yeah. We're trying to do better. So here's one question: What authors or leaders have inspired you? And then there's a part two. Is there anyone you seek to imitate in your career or in your life? Yeah. Um, there's probably a lot of people who have inspired me. And I don't do well with these types of questions because I can never think of them. I love all the, all the people. I love you. I love you people. But I can never, off the 
cuff. I can never think of them. Um, and so like normal, I can't think of them. Um, but I am, I'm just really grateful for women who have discipled me in mm. my local mm. context. And because I, I, I wouldn't be able to do what I do if my people weren't pouring into my soul. Yeah. Mm. So that to me is, is, has been the sweetest. So sorry, but that is, that's even the answer I, I wrote to someone recently yeah. and that was my answer and that remains my answer. Yeah, Amen. that's great. Sometimes when I get put on the spot with that kind of stuff, I also blank, like yeah. I'll, I will advance all day, whatever book I'm reading or whatever I'm into. And then the second someone asks, Hey, what are, what's a good book you've been reading lately? And I'm like, I don't know, actually. Yeah. Do I read, <laughs> have I read this year? I can't, I can't remember right now. Yep. Uh, so another question submitted via social media, and this is a little little bit of a tougher question. Have you experienced sexism or racism within the Christian community? And if so, how did you walk through that? Uh, yeah, yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> um, I, I've experienced quite a bit of racism. Mm. Like, we, this that deserves its own podcast conversation. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 too long to even sum up in a sentence. But how did I mean? I and and every every situation so different. And mm. but for me, it's it's I just have really I lean on Jesus, forgive as the Lord allows healing, and mm. and I try to love those who think I'm their enemy (laughs) because of the color of my skin. And so that would be a sum it up. Mm, Thank you for sharing that. And, uh, I, 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 yeah, I like the idea of dedicating an entire another podcast to talking about that just because, um, you know, we actually had a, we had a friend of ours who's a local pastor named Charles Wilson. He's uh, pastoring in Roanoke and he was on here episode nine, where we talked about, um, really racism, justice, the church, and uh, and one of the things that he talked, we talked a lot about was proximity and just getting to know, being friends and talking and learning stories. And so, um, so I'd love to hear more about that, but not, but I, I see hear what you're saying. Like, that's a hard one to, to sum up. And so um, I just want to say, I'm sorry to hear that that's been such a, such mm. a, such a part of your life. Mm. Okay. Um, I have another, I think I'm on to vocational habits. Tell us about uh, your vocational habits, your uh, reading habits, writing habits. Give us some tips and tricks there. Okay, so this is regarding to work, or you, you said Great question. vocational let's just, habits. Let's just stick with writing. Tell us how you write. How do you write good? That's that's the way I like to ask. How do that I question. write good? <laughs> I love that. Um, well, I think I I research and read quite a bit, which you've heard the term. You've probably heard it. You read to write. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I think that is true. And then, so for me, often because I do work um, generally during the day or I'm speaking, I like taking writing retreats. Mm. So I, I will take a couple of weekends or I'll take a four-day weekend and all I'm doing is writing. Mm. I'm researching some things, but I'm just like spending hours and hours and hours writing. <laughs> and, um, and I have, I have just recently, recently I finished a project and <laughs> it was, it was more like a three week of just every night, just writing, 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 writing. And that was painful, but I, <laughs> but yeah, so so I just, that's how some of my writing habits, I am not one of those write a thousand words a day. Right. Kind of. Right. Yeah. All right. Oh, you know what? We're running out of time. So before we head to, <laughs> before we, you know, we end our time with a lightning round where we just kind of pop off a, a handful of questions and ask you to just give a quick, quick answer. But before we head to the lightning round, you, you are, I think I saw this, you're helping to lead the, the TGC night of lament this Saturday night, June 20th. And uh, I wondered if you could tell us just a, a little bit about what that night will look like, or maybe just make an invitation. You know, just our, our church here in the New River Valley of Virginia, we'll, we are hosting, um, we're hosting, uh, I don't know what to call it, a viewing, a part- participatory viewing of it. Uh, and so, so you're, join- you're joining. We're joining the showing. The, we're, we're joining. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I, I basically, I don't know how to, what, how to say what we're doing because yeah. it, it's live. It's being live streamed, I think. So would, could you say a little bit about what that night will look like? Yeah, I actually think the best thing to do is to go to the TJC website. Yeah. Um, but it will be, there will just be a series of prayers on, um, of lament. Yeah. And, and we will be um, praying for racial justice and praying for um, moaning <laughs> before the Lord yeah. and, and praying for um, not just unity, but healing in our nation. And, and so there's going to be a variety of different people praying throughout the night. Yeah. And we do hope that people will come and join us. It's this Saturday, um, June the 20th, I believe. That's right. And, um, you know, before, again, before we get into the lightning round, uh, one of the things that makes me most hopeful about this season in our, in, at least in the Christian kind of uh, world is it does seem, and, and this even goes back to with coronavirus, you know, N.T. Wright wrote that yeah. controversial article in yeah. Time Magazine about um, uh, how uh, the Christian response to this isn't to figure it out or, or to, to, to sort of rationalistically show why this is happening, but just to lament. And, uh, and, and so um, one of the things that I'm most hopeful about is that the church is, rec- now I should say the, um, the white evangelical church, because uh, we just haven't, we just haven't been good at lamenting. Right. And we're, and it's, it's a practice that we're, we're learning. Like even when, when I asked you the question, Trillia, that was submitted about experiencing sexism or racism within the Christian community, I could sense, you know, that this is, this is loaded with pain and, yeah. and, uh, and being able to see that and just know that we're going to pray and we're going to, uh, we're going to just support you because I haven't experienced that. Yeah. But because we can have proximity and, and I love you as a sister, we can lament together and share that burden. And so I just, yeah, if you're listening this week, uh, that's June 20th and we'll post the link in the show notes. Now let's go into the lightning round. All right. Yes. If you could write one book and it was guaranteed to sell. This is just you, anything you want. Like last week, we asked Jerry Jerry McDermott this, who he's like a this just what was the he's name like of a it? Career writer, Nutty the Nut. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was oh, about gosh. an acorn that he brought back from Israel. Uh, anyway, so so the the point is, is this doesn't have to be um, you know like an actual book that you're going to write. But if you could write one book, it was guaranteed to sell. What would you write? Oh, gosh. Um, that- <laughs> I'm not good at lightning rounds. <laughs> That's okay, okay. If I could write one book that was guaranteed to sell, yes, I would probably write, I think I would write a cookbook Ooh. based on what I did this um, February with my kids. Okay. I cooked through a, another cookbook and then I talked about in February, Black History Month, and then I, ta- I would write about the history of... Um, not just the recipe, but but the his the history behind um, the people during that time and period. Oh, I love it! I want that cookbook. Yeah, my uh, we would be that's guaranteed to sell. We would we, we would you read know that. you should uh, s- send that to the acquisitions editor at Moody. And just <laughs> <see>. <laughs> okay. Now, next question: What's the book you've given most as a gift? Um, I'm laughing. It can be your own. It's. So seems so self-serving. Oh, I think I, all, all, everyone who, all the authors we've had on here have, have all, it's always been their it's, own. It's kind of a given. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, yeah so please, probably, please tell us. Yeah. It's probably God's <laughs> very good idea. It's a yes. kid's book I wrote. And I, I, if I see a person and they say, if they come to my home and they say they have a kid, I'm like, Ooh, here's a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just cause I want every kid to have this truth in their little hearts. It's, it's great. It is. It's a wonderful book. I think our, we've been doing this thing uh, with our church now that we're all uh, distance where our children's ministry director has been doing these short kind of book readings. And, uh, and she, and she did that uh, at some point in the last few weeks. So go get a copy if you don't have one. That'll be in the show notes as well. Or go visit Trillia and she'll give you one. (laughs) 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 It's probably better off buying a copy. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Trillia, how about what is something under $100 that every writer should own? A notepad. Mm, Ooh, just, that is way under $100. Yeah. I am could... so old school. Mm. <laughs> I like to write like on a pen and paper. <laughs> so when you write a book, does it 
start on that. Often. Wow. Starts on paper, real paper. So go buy yourself <laughs> like 50. 50 notepads and a bunch of pencils. <laughs> One more thing. A dictionary. Ooh. Oh. Mm. That's good. Okay. Do, do you also recommend paper, to, like a, a hard cop, physical copy? <laughs> Michael, did you, know, did you know that they a used computer. to make dictionaries? I, I don't, hey. you can't, that's more than a hundred dollars. So, so yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Yep. I grew up having to purchase actual copies of dictionaries. All right. So uh, you have a history in athletics and fitness. If you could only do one type of exercise for the rest of your life, what would it be? Lift weights. Ooh. Yes. You know, Michael actually lifts giant sacks of flour. <laughs> this is from another previous episode, so I uh, don't expect you to know what we're talking about. But yeah. we, we've begun to buy flour from a local place that sells them in 50-pound bags. Yes, that's the only way to get them. Only way to get them. I would, I would also walk because mm. I love to be outside. Yes. Mm. Good, good. What is the worst advice you regularly hear given to young writers? Um, Self-publish. <laughs> I, I just... I think, um, gosh, I shouldn't have said, let's see. You can, <laughs> no, that's okay. We, we, when we had Karen Swallow Pryor on here, she was very <laughs> yes. quick to say the worst advice she regularly hears given to young writers is you should publish that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think that's right. I think people, young, young writers need some help to, to establish either a mentor or I have not I have almost never met a young writer who wrote something in their youth who didn't regret it. Ooh. I mean, uh, yeah, or get I rid of it. I didn't even publish anything and I read what I wrote in my youth <laughs> and I regret it. <laughs> oh, I, it would have been a hot mess had I, so, uh, and it would have been super legalistic. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Karen, Karen was very unapologetic about her. <laughs> I know Karen really well, yes. and I don't doubt yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. It was so great. She's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Trillia, how do you get unstuck on a project? What are some tricks that you use to break through? I go for a walk. I pause. Mm. I go for a walk. I, yeah. Um, and then... I pray, just ask God mm. to help you f find something else to read to spark an, a new idea. Great, great. Yep. That's a that's a common theme so far. Last, very last question of the whole time, and and you don't have to be quite as quick with with this one, but uh, and you've already given a little bit of this. But what advice would you have for um, an aspiring writer? Yeah, um, right. I, I, that that was actually really easy. Yeah, if I ask. <laughs> People all people think they want to write, but they don't. And what they want to do is have a book. Yeah. And but that's not how it works. Mm. And and so I have people constantly contact me and tell me they want to write. And I've I've had this since I published the first book. And I say, okay, send me a thousand words. I can count on my hand how many people wow. have sent me. People don't want to write. Michael's going to send you a thousand words this <laughs> you week. Keep, you keep throwing me under the bus here. <laughs> That's not under the bus. Send it. But but most people don't. They don't. So yeah. so I would say if you're an aspiring writer, sit down, write some words, mm. and see if you can do that over and over and over again. Mm. And then you'll know whether or not you're an actually aspiring writer. And after you've taken that step. Um, Grab some mentors. There's so many different groups and people and writing coaches and different things who can help help you along the way. Mm. And then no, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pu push that publish at some point, whether it's a blog or something. So fill it out. I think that's one of the. I know blogs are out of the door kind of at the moment. They're not as popular. Well, you pro probably just don't call. It, you probably just call it something else. Like we we do it we we have our house journal house journal yeah because journal sounds sounds better than blog, it does so yes but just <laughs> yeah right I love it yeah perfect yeah perfect yeah do that and 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 see how how it works out yeah love that right but advice for an aspiring writer is right. right. That was the most lightning answer of all. Yes, of them. it was. You crushed it right there at the end. Thank you, Trillian Newbell, for joining us for episode thirteen of the Hammer and Quill. 
And thank you listeners for tuning in. Tune in next week as we interview our friend and neighbor here in our beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains, Hannah Anderson, about her life and work as an author and speaker and gardener. Please subscribe, review us on iTunes, throw some five-star reviews our way. Until next time, peace. Peace.